Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Millennial Learns. I am so excited to share this episode with you guys. We had our first guest ever on the podcast, which was so fun to have someone in the same room bouncing ideas off of and interviewing them. It was awesome. Um, The guest is one of my best friends ever. We've known each other since like seventh grade or eighth grade. Um, My friend Francesca Fenton. So we talk a lot about her Catholic faith, kind of her path to becoming closer to God. And the Catholic Church and growing in that. Um, She also just got married in the Catholic Church and her husband actually converted from being Methodist to Catholic. So we touch on that, on NFP, marriage prep. Um, And then she's also involved heavily with a, she works for a Catholic organization um, that does a lot with the pro-life movement. So she's become super educated on the pro-life movement, the abortion industry, a lot of legislation surrounding um, abortion and the pro-life movement in general. And so we talk on we touch on a wide variety of topics, all kind of pertaining to Catholic faith. She also takes the Protestant and Catholic um quiz that I took in the very first episode of the podcast, which was super interesting because our answers were were very different. And I think we're going to have her on for a lot of other Catholic uh, episodes and questions, and she is a great, great resource. So make sure to go follow her. She has a blog and an Instagram page. They're both called Thoughts of a Catholic Girl, so you can find it at Thoughts of a Catholic Girl on Instagram or thoughtsofacatholicgirl.com. Um, I will link them in the show notes. You can go subscribe and go see all the encouraging content she had. So instead of doing a five minutes of fun today, uh, I gave her the Protestant versus Catholic quiz and that will serve as our five minutes of fun. So I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns with me, Abby Rancor. This podcast is a place to learn about faith, theology, politics, history, and some fun random things along the way. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thanks for listening. We're here with my friend Francesca Fenton. Francesca, tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, your background, anything you want the viewers to know. Well, I've known you since I was in eighth grade. This has been a long time. Uh, I'm 25. I work for a Catholic organization. I was born and raised Catholic. I recently got married. You did? We're going to talk about this? Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know what else. I love. We played tennis. Did you say we, that? Oh, yeah. We played tennis we together. We each other playing tennis on a junior team tennis. Yeah. We didn't go to fun. school together, but we played tennis together. Right. Tennis and bonds tennis. you for life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're still stuck here together. That is true. All these years later. All these years. Okay, cool. So if you listen to the first episode, you know that I took this quiz that told you how Protestant versus Catholic you were. And I thought I was going to be a mix, but it turns out I was extremely <laughs> Protestant. <laughs> so Francesca has informed me that she was listening to the first episode and disagreed with a significant amount (laughs) and so so we're gonna have her take this quiz to compare our answers and uh we'll see how it goes so question number one francesca on are you protestant or catholic this is from selectsmart.com if anyone anyone wants to find this uh what is your belief on sola scriptura the options are it is completely correct and scripture should be the only authority of faith or Scripture is definitely important, but so is the tradition of the church. That one. The second one? Yes, the tradition as well. Mm. Okay. I think I was torn on this one. 
because yeah, I like I some mean, tradition too. Right. That's. It's I think good. people on the Protestant side get a little too extreme about it, where they're like, "You can't use anything besides the Bible at all." Like right. I was, yeah. Anyway, so okay, interesting. This is <laughs> number two. How many books are in the Bible? <laughs> I know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> How many books? 73 or 66? 73. Yeah. Do you know why? Why what? There's 73? Yeah, instead of 66. I've heard many mixed stories about this. Although I did hear... Okay, background. Francesca's the one that told me that Luther is the one that threw out the extra books because of a debate on purgatory, right? Um. Well, and because the books that he decided to take out also didn't go with his beliefs of just faith alone oh right and gets works you and right instead faith. of wor- works also because catholics believe it's mm. faith and works whereas protestants it's just right. faith right so that's why he took them out because they didn't he didn't um, believe in that part yeah the history is very foggy if you look at my yes. other episodes but anyway <laughs> uh okay this is another one kind of similar to number one what is your opinion of tradition it is vital to the church and we need it which is I'm assuming it's <laughs> or a scripture is more important than tradition tradition the first one isn't that a weird question it though? is weird because though it's poorly worded yeah it is because you can say that scripture is more important than tradition but you need tradition also right exactly because scripture is more important i mean we get everything right. out of scripture the whole mass is and then tradition- taken from scripture yeah and then tradition is like a compliment exactly to that. yeah so that's a bad like question. question yeah i agree okay <laughs> how do you view mary she was a it's a long they're long options but she was immaculately conceived sinless and remained a virgin for her entire life and was the blessed mother of our lord jesus christ <laughs> that's the catholic answer <laughs> clearly <laughs> and then the other one was she was chosen to give birth in human form she was not sinless but a true inspiration the she, catholic one yeah <laughs> yeah the catholic one <laughs> she was immaculate yes uh, okay that makes sense baptism again it's a long one but baptism is to be done by adults who are of consensual age or baptism is given to infants infants yeah i'm going to do a whole podcast episode on on baptism so maybe you should come back for that one because <laughs> sure. uh i was baptized as an infant and now i'm considering getting rebaptized, but that's not the catholic way so we can have a, a solid discussion about that one yeah um okay what are your views on statues in the church one is statues go against the bible and we are not to make graven images or bow down to them and one is we do not bow down to them they are only there to represent symbolically the people in the bible so they're okay right yeah we don't worship them i don't think protestants i know protestants don't worship them either i know i didn't think so yeah, that was a weird one, too, because I was like, I don't think anyone believes we should be actually worshiping, worshiping statues, right. which is, I don't, that was weird. Yeah, that's a bad question again. But I did, the one that I was confused by was uh, giving a gift to Mary during weddings. Ah, uh, yeah. That Who one that? is like, yeah, that one was like, you kneel down to a statue, but the obvious intention is not that you're worshiping the statue. Right. You're praying to, or, you know giving a gift to mary yeah it's like more just you're not worshiping the yeah exactly like i didn't think that was up for debate even right so that was kind of dumb okay 
<laughs> who do you pray to? I pray to the Lord, Mary, and the saints, or I pray to the Lord and no one else with an exclamation. <laughs> Mary and the saints, too. Mary and the saints. Yeah, but I said to the Lord and no one else, so possibly another episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one was interesting. Uh, yes, all people should be given the right to... Oh, sorry. I didn't even read the question. Should priests marry? Uh, yes, all people should be given the right to marry... Or, no, priests need to remain celibate and devote their time to religious life. No, they cannot marry. What? Why do you think the reason for that is? Why they can't marry? Yeah. Because exactly what it says there. I mean, they are supposed to remain celibate. Also, the church is female, and so they're married mm. to the church. Like, priests are oh. married to the church. Is that because it was modeled after Jesus? The church? Well, the I've heard at some point that the priesthood was modeled after Jesus because Jesus never got married. Uh-huh. And so now priests are kind of like the descendants. Yeah, yeah. And so now they don't get married because Jesus didn't get married. Right. And Paul didn't get married either. This is true. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but this is the weird part too, which I pointed out in the first episode, was the Protestant question, I'm saying in quotes, the Protestant question was, Yes, all people should be given the right to marry and create a family because the Bible encourages this. But Paul said that it's easier to not get married. Like he said, it's basically not for everyone. Right, because we're all called. We all have different vocations. You know, like you could be called to the married life or to the single life or you could be called to the priesthood or become a nun or a monk. Yeah, like this question was weird, too, because you can't even say across the board that marriage is just encouraged. Right. Like, it's like, 100%. yeah, we're supposed to, if you get married, yeah, then create a family, give birth, have right. life. But we need also those priests because yeah. without the priests, what would we do? Well, and Paul was like, oh, I envy anyone. Or like, I wish more people could have the blessing of celibacy like me. Exactly. Imagine how hard that is. Yeah, that would suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. I'm like, <laughs> right. That's like, that's hardcore. But, but definitely people have deacons, that. So we have deacons who can marry. Right. And so they're like so, one year less of seminary than a priest so like deacons either do i'm pretty sure deacons do seven years in seminary and priests oh do eight years in That's seminary and so deacons get mar- can get married and have children and everything but not priests why can deacons get married do you know what the I actually differentiation don't know. is i mean because i know it's like a deacon can't give what is it I don't actually know. Ooh, this could be another yeah. episode for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll call you back when we've done research <laughs> yeah, about deacons and priests <laughs> and why they can get married and not. But yeah, I did know like a you know deacons that were married. And yeah, oh, yeah, kids. we have like, a bunch of deacons married with kids, but I'm not. That's interesting. Hmm. But yes, yeah, you stumped me. This is why the uh, the quiz isn't like the highest quality <laughs> because like four questions would be like this doesn't even represent either one of our beliefs. Okay. Um, Okay, question nine. Who is the Pope to you? A man or a man whose position as Pope can be traced back to St. Peter and who is infallible when it comes to faith and morals? It's an interesting one. I struggle with this one. Uh Uh-huh. Because I don't think, like, I believe in everything that's saying, like, a man whose position as Pope can be traced back to St. Peter. Yes. I agree with that one, too. But he's not infallible. I don't think he's infallible. He is still a man at the end of the day. Yes, he's the representation of Jesus here on earth and the head of our church and everything. But at the end of the day, he's not Jesus. He is just a man. He can make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're all sinners. So that's where I don't agree with that part. 
of I the also, question. This is funny because we, I think we agree exactly on this one because I also think that he can be traced back to St. Peter. Like, that's just a historical fact. Right. I don't know if Protestants are saying, like, no, you can't. I mean... Right, that that's just, makes that's in the Bible. Yeah, I mean it's just Saint Peter, and then he just passed it down. Exactly, like, that's a fact. I feel like, but yeah, then some people were like, "Well, he's infallible, not in just sinning, but like his doctrine is infallible, or right. his like what he preaches to the church is infallible." So mm-hmm. then there's like different levels of infallible. Yeah, it gets very shady in in there. It's um, true, very true. Yeah. So anyway. The Pope is an interesting topic. Okay, what are what is your belief regarding communion? The bread and wine become the literal body of and blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. Very Catholic answer. <laughs> or yes. they are symbols. Um, yeah, so, so you think they are the literal body and blood. Yeah. Because there are, you say, you said, which I didn't know, saints that have been accepted into being a saint basically because mm-hmm. one of their miracles is that the eucharist bled yes isn't it yeah oh yeah there's a lot of eucharistic miracles there's a movie if you want to watch it mm. um, recommend to the people yes <laughs> what was it called <laughs> so like eucharistic miracles i think it was just called and very straightforward name <laughs> and it shows like all these examples of when the eucharist has bled during mass and like oh yeah no i mean there's a lot. I, d- I do need to look, lot. look into the, that more because, yeah. I mean, I one, thinking. I think they even found, like, when they – because, like, the Vatican will then go and, like, do all this scientific research on it to, like, really right. prove mm-hmm. and make sure that it was a miracle. And one of them, like, they even found, like, traces of, like, tissue, like, body, you know? Oh. It was super interesting. Yeah, because I took the quiz before I talked to you about the saint thing. Yeah. Because we got coffee and I, I asked, <laughs> I just got all of our all of my Catholic questions. And so we got coffee and I was like, yeah, that was one of the questions basically. They're like, the, you, or no, I asked how saints become saints. Saints, yeah. And you're like, well, the Eucharist has bled, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, well, I should definitely look into that more because I was oh, yeah. like, oh, it's a symbol. I mean, the saints' lives are, like, incredible. I mean, some yeah, of them get, you know, the like, the stigmata, which is when they get, like, the, the oh, my gosh, the, the wounds in their hands. Sorry, oh. their wounds in their hands and their feet, like, where really? Jesus was um, hung on the cross and oh that'll gosh. appear in their hands and they'll bleed oh man wow okay i need to do some research on the saints oh yeah so send me send me all Good of your stuff. <laughs> okay um okay question 11 how should one confess to the lord or to a priest this one is also weird this one's also weird because you should do both even if you're a catholic exactly like, you're saying like it's not just you're confessing to a priest i know that right you can also like, ask god for forgiveness directly in yeah. prayer so it's like yes, we believe in going to the priest and having the sacrament of confession. Yeah, but you can so also it should ask be God. to the Lord is the Protestant one, and then to a priest and to the Lord would be is the Catholic, Catholic answer. Yeah. Whatever. I think the person that wrote this was definitely Protestant um, <laughs> because some of them are not it. But I did talk to one of my other Catholic friends about this, and it made so much more sense about why you actually go to a priest because the forgiveness is way more real when you experience someone saying. Like I absolve you of your sins. Oh like, yeah, I forgive you. It's which is true. I cry every time I go to a confession. <laughs> oh my! Hu- so my husband gets like super emotional at confession. Yes. I think it's really cute because <laughs> he gets all nervous before we go in. Yes, and but then like afterwards, it is like such a blessing. Like you really feel the grace. That's true. I did in I any in like that. in all of our sacraments. I think you feel the grace the most in confession. 
Yeah, I yeah that makes sense because I never put that together before. One of my other friends was like, "Yeah, but you experience God through your body, through carnal things, mm-hmm. and so like when you t- tell someone your actual sin, and then they say I forgive you, you're like, oh wow, and then it's like way more real to you than just being like, sorry God, right? You forgive me, you know? Yeah, yeah. which is true, but yeah, makes sense. Um, okay. <laughs> Here's a purgatory one. <laughs> what will happen when we die? Basically, one is we'll go to either heaven or hell immediately, and one is there's a literal heaven or hell, but most people will first be sent to purgatory. Yeah, that one. Purgatory. Did you watch? Well, I'm putting you on the spot. We can cut this out. <laughs> Did you watch my episode about talking about purgatory? Yeah. About the extra seven books? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, it is so frustrating how Protestants present this. About Catholics. Like, I've looked up so many times why Catholics believe in purgatory. Because mm-hmm. I cannot find it anywhere in the Bible. Right. It's in the other seven That's that right. is not included. That's right. So it's all on the basis <laughs> of if you include these seven exactly. books. Exactly. So it's very frustrating to me. Protestants are like, oh, Catholics, aren't they crazy? Like, they take this verse and they extrapolate purgatory. And I'm like, that's not even true. Like, because it's a verse that is found only in the pr- Protestant Bible. Right. And they're like, this is where they get that from. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Turns out it's like from not even what's in the Protestant Bible. And they just don't present it well at all. So bad on Protestants <laughs> for that one. Um, okay. How is one saved through faith in Jesus Christ or through faith in Jesus Christ and keeping the sacraments? And keeping the sacraments. What is the importance of the sacraments? Well, that's how we receive a lot of like God's graces and we like we receive especially like the Eucharist is the biggest one. You know, we're receiving him in communion. Like we become yeah. one with him. So like that one is really There's seven, the biggest. Right? Yes, there are seven. What are the seven just to Okay. Recap for everyone. Let's see. I forgot them. So <laughs> it's, in my episode I was like, I know four. <laughs> so it's baptism, uh first so Eucharist, okay. Uh confession, uh, marriage, priestly vocations, anointing of the sick, and oh gosh, what's the seventh one? Yeah, we can do it. Oh, quick. what Google. is the seventh? So not everyone gets every vocation. No, because like exa- if you become, you know, a priest, then obviously you're not right. going to receive the marriage one. Oh, um, yeah. Which one did I miss? Baptism, Eucharist, confirmation. Oh, confirmation. confirmation. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay. So I've done... Yeah. So, I mean, most people have, like, the first four. So, like, baptism, then you have your confirmation, Confirmation. and then you receive your first communion, like, when you're little. Right. And then um, your first confession, so reconciliation. And then from there, you either get married or you become a priest. (laughs) So there's a a divide. (laughs) Right. And then anointing of the sick is... Is that what priests do? Yeah. Can you do that one without being a priest? I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever heard of someone doing that. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, oh, that's interesting. And then, okay, the next question is how many sacraments are there? Seven. Clearly answered. (laughs) There are seven. The weird part about this one was that I said the other option is two. And (laughs) what two are they? Just like (laughs) baptism and... I think it's baptism and marriage. Oh, interesting because i can't yeah i guess because Protestants, Protestants, Protestants don't, do don't see the eucharist as sacrament no huh. so i'm pretty sure it's just yeah. baptism and marriage interesting which was yeah that was kind of 
Interesting. And then the other one, the last question is favorite type of worship service, which is weird. Sermon or liturgical, which mine is liturgical. Oh, right. Because we have sermons. I was like, what's the difference? No, I think, right? I think you no, have. No, we're liturgical. I think you're liturgical. Because you read what more of the Bible. Mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't like how in Pro- the Protestant church, you can pick out one verse and then just do a whole sermon about it. And it like couldn't be wrong. Oh, I see. What, yeah. So then we're liturgical. Yeah. Because. Oh, yeah. Cause, yeah. Because we have the liturgy of the word. Yes. Right. Yes. So you're just reading like a whole chunk of the Bible, like every mass. And right. then every Catholic is reading the same. The same thing. One. Yeah. Which I like. But in Protestant ones, it's like so hard to find in church because you're like. Hey, uh, yeah, it's all up to the pastor. Here's just one verse taken completely out of context. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you completely the wrong thing because, like, you know, there's no, like, hey, let's read the entire chapter. Right. Or you could get some context. It's not like that. So, anyway, well, that was the quiz. You're extremely Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I got 100%. That's what you do. I didn't even fill it out. Oh. It's all Catholic. Well, I'm 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're 100%. I was like 70 30 Protestant, but. I don't know. Might change over the course of the podcast. <laughs> um, okay, great. So you're extremely Catholic. Okay, so that leads me to the main questions that I have for you, Francesca. So you can let the people know about the Catholic faith, why you believe it, all this stuff. So my first question is, you're obviously very passionate about your Catholic faith. So how has your faith like kind of developed up to this point? You said you were born and raised Catholic, but has it always been like super serious to you or was there a point where you decided to like take it seriously for yourself? Yeah. Okay. So I was born and raised Catholic, but I mean, when I was in high school, my mom had to like drag me out of bed to go to church. (laughs) Yeah. But in college, (laughs) that's when I really grew my faith for myself. And where'd you go to college? I went to CU Denver. So not a Christian school. <laughs> no, not a Christian school. Definitely not a Christian school. Not at all. <laughs> um, but it was just like, I was going through some lows, you know? Just yeah. Struggling. What is life? For sure. Kind of stuff, you know? And um, and yeah. And so my mom was is like the most Catholic woman ever. Definitely. And Shout out to Rosanna. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and... She would always guide me, like, you know, keep praying, pray. She was always the one guiding me, really, to God and growing my faith. And so in your lowest points, I feel like that's when you turn to him the most. Oh, for sure. And that's where I was, and that's when I turned to him and, like, latched on. And I've been latched on ever since. Was there any... I mean, your family's Catholic. Was there any, like, thought about trying a different church or was it always just your interest in the no Catholic yeah I, there was never any like pull for me anywhere else i've always loved our church like even though yeah. when i didn't want to go i would still always go because it's like that catholic guilt right <laughs> it's real yeah that's true so it's did like, we mention that we, that. that we went to the same church oh i don't know so we went to the, we played tennis together but then at some point and i don't remember when we figured out we went to the same church we went to st yeah. thomas more yeah so yeah, okay. So I do like St. Thomas More a lot, though. Right. It made you kind of not want to leave. Yeah, I mean, they're the best. And we have such great priests yeah. that it's like, ugh, just, I love them. Yeah, we were all friends with the priests and stuff. Yeah. So it was good. Um, okay, that makes sense. What are the most important aspects of being Catholic for you or like your favorite tradition or the, I guess the most meaningful thing about being Catholic for you? I mean, to me, I just think like the Catholic Church, it's 
people complain a lot that it's like oh it's so like old and traditional but like, yeah. i think that's what makes it beautiful is that we can trace back everything we do in our mass to like the bible or you know just True. what jesus left the disciples it's like we have just all this tradition all these writings all these teachings like you would never be able to like read everything that the catholic church has on like our teachings and True. it's kind of overwhelming but it's also like super beautiful to like when we go through like our different seasons like right now we're in the season of lent and so i think lent is a really beautiful time because we have just it's kind of it's like a tough time because obviously like we're walking with jesus through the deserts like 40 days of kind of like sacrifice and temptation and but prayer and almsgiving as well and so it's like it's a tough time but it's also really beautiful because our masses are slightly different we have more like latin included and then like holy week is like i love holy week (laughs) it's so beautiful is that right before so it starts yeah it starts right before easter right before easter yeah yeah so it starts on thursday with holy thursday then it goes good friday and then saturday is the easter vigil and then sunday obviously is easter sunday but like good friday mass is like super powerful it's just i do yeah okay that that is for sure one of my favorite parts of catholic church as i love the tradition of it like i love that you have there's like so many things that you just basically that's like expected but it's like a beautiful tradition that's old i like that part yeah i feel like a lot of the protestants have thrown away any tradition at all and been like we're gonna go to a rock concert now it's like no (laughs) have like smoke and everything i'm like what is happening yeah no it's like like, and i also think that the catholic church gets uh the reverence right yeah the reverence of god where it's like it's a holy i mean he's holy so like even if the place itself isn't holy like there's some reverence for god that is kind of missing in the protestant church which i really like about the catholic church so yeah that definitely makes sense what are you well i don't know if this is like a public thing what are you doing for lent do you say oh yeah doing for lent? it's fine so um, people are like i don't uh publicly say what i'm <laughs> fasting for lent it's like okay <laughs> i mean fasting so i'm not really fasting much other than like obviously on fridays we don't eat meat right and but i mean i give up like little things here and there like i try and come back on my peanut butter addiction (laughs) and like tortilla chips but that's like easy stuff you know so like i like to always like add something in terms of like prayer for lent so like last year i prayed the rosary every day because i like have never really prayed it and it's like such a important part of the catholic church right so i was like i'm gonna pray it every single day and it was like super beautiful and i loved it that's cool this year i've just done more so i have like this journal that i'm doing that it's like 40 days of like writing letters to god and so like you write you read a little snippet of the bible and then it has like this little meditation thing and then you write a a letter on like the theme of that day And then I'm just, like, reading a lot more books. So, like, I'm reading the Bible, but then I'm also reading, like, all these saint books that I have oh, and have cool. wanted you to should, read. You should forward those to me. Yes. <laughs> when I'm done. Clearly, I need more saint books. You need the saint books in your life. <laughs> yeah, so true. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like the – I like that part of it, too, that you have to, like, either give up something or add something. Yeah. And I like that 
it can also be adding something. I yeah, I feel like useful. giving up something is kind of easier. It's like a time to grow closer to God. Yeah. It's like, how does giving up sweets really make me grow closer <laughs> to him? It doesn't. That's also funny because <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to tell you this because in college, like in like one of my worst years, I was like, oh, I still went to Ash Wednesday. Like oh, I went yeah. to mass and I was like, okay, like I should actually do Lent. And I like literally went to Ash Wednesday. I was like, okay, I'm going to give up sugar just because. <laughs> and I was in such a habit of getting um high chews from the dining hall that I immediately after mass habitually just like, oh my habit, God, bought high chews, ate like the whole pack. I was like, it's Lent. I was supposed to give up sugar. <laughs> Within like thirty minutes, I had failed. So yeah, that's all right. You know, I, I like a tough time. I like adding stuff, but that was the other thing. I didn't feel like it was that important. Like I didn't think it was right. I mean, you're supposed to basically once you're tempted to give up that or to have the thing that you're giving up, be like pray. But I wasn't yeah. disciplined enough to actually do that. So I was just like giving up sugar <laughs> for no reason, pretending I was like super Catholic because I was giving up <laughs> sugar. And I was like, this is not helping me. Right. It's like yeah. maybe I should just pray in the morning instead. Like I'll add prayer or something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's funny. It's all personal. <laughs> yeah. Just wherever yeah. you're at, I like do the, something. I like to adding something too. Yeah. Um, or if you're disciplined enough to pray, actually, when you are tempted for the thing that you're giving up. Um, okay. So you just got married. We both got married this summer or last year. Last year. Yeah. yeah. So you're, well, okay. I guess give a little intro as to how you and your husband met. And this is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> so we met on Tinder. Woo! Woo! Tinder. Tinder for Catholics. <laughs> so pretty much. I am the shyest human being ever. Also, yeah, if you ever know Francesca, she's like the last person that would get on Tinder. That's right. Which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I was trying all the online things because my mom was always like, well, just try the online stuff because I don't go to bars. I don't go right. out. I mean, at that time, I was going to school, which nobody was there that I was interested in. And you lived at home, too. I lived at home. That's right. I commuted all four years of college. So I lived at home. I was going to a gym, but they were all married couples. And at church, they were old people. I just, and then I tried getting involved. So like, okay, I tried all the online da- apps and stuff. I did Catholic match and everything. <laughs> there we go. Am I like screaming into this thing? There, now it's good. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, we're back. Okay. So Wait. I tried all the Catholic apps and everything. Yes. And... And you went to like youth groups and stuff. That's too, right. right? That's, yeah, I was gonna get to that. Okay, I did match and then Catholic match, and I tried all the like the youth groups here in yeah. Denver because we have a lot. But everyone's like in their groups already. That's I right. Found this it in was every super youth group hard. I've been to, yeah, too. it was super hard to like get into it in, into a group, and so I always judged people on Tinder. I mean, it has a terrible okay, yeah. reputation. We all did. Yeah, <laughs> but. My mom has always told me that God will talk to you in, like, threes. Like, he'll send you a yeah. message in threes. In the Bible, it happens all the time. Right. That Three is, is a threes. biblical number. Number Exactly. Yeah. So, I was praying because it was, like, years. I just wanted love. Like, I wanted to find somebody so bad. Same. And I was, like, giving up. <laughs> but then I went through this week where I got just, like, random 
randomly people would tell me about Tinder. And I wouldn't even ask them, like, anything about dating right. or anything. It was just randomly brought up. And you were my last one. You were my third <laughs> Tinder. Yeah, which I just recently found out that I yeah. was the third You should be your third message. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, God, are you, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you're, you're joking. And so that was September of, what, 2018? Yeah. And then I completely ignored it because I was like, I'm not getting on Tinder. And then in December, I got the urge. Something was telling me again, get on it. And I got on it. I was on there for a week and I matched with my now husband. That's That's the craziest part. You were on for a week. It was like within like less than a week, right? That you matched with him. Yeah. I mean, Francesca came over to my house and was like, I need to tell you something. I was like, okay, she has a boyfriend, obviously. Like, she's like, I need to tell you in person, but like, I have something to tell you. And then she comes over and she's showing me the texts between her and her now husband. They are novels. I've never seen on the iPhone. Remember on the iPhone, you have to like press a separate button to go into a new like tab tab yeah Yeah, tab to have because their messages were so long (laughs) it couldn't fit in a regular iphone message and i was like she's gonna marry this person because yeah that was it was great so that's so funny (laughs) tinder yeah it happened so immediately too which is just meeting or yeah yeah. that you match with him yeah which just shows that like it was definitely god because and he Although, didn't want to be on there either. Like, right, both of us that's were the against thing. it. Because of the reputation of Tinder. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, my husband he, didn't want to be on there either, but his friends pushed him on. Right. And so he was on for a month, and I was on for a week. And, and God's like, he, I was he. the only one he talked to on <laughs> Tinder, so ha. <laughs> <laughs> and God's like, I told you. <laughs> that's right, so now God's just laughing at me all the time. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, okay, so he was originally Lutheran. Is that right? Methodist. Oh, he was Methodist. Okay, so... Was there like a, I mean, he had to become Catholic yeah. or what was the, I guess, what was the process of him becoming well, Catholic or did you consider, was that a consideration in your relationship that he wasn't Catholic at the time that you met him? So like right away I told him, well, in my Tinder bio, it, it, I put there very boldly, I'm That's a good. act, like I'm, I'm very Catholic, Catholic. Yeah, yeah. And like my faith is very important to me. So he already knew that coming in and like, it's good. I remember that was like one of our first long novel texts about like him asking me about my faith and if it was okay with me that he wasn't practicing and wasn't catholic or anything like he told me he believed and he right had like you know some experience with like youth groups and stuff in college and when he was younger but he wasn't really seeking actively seeking god and i was okay with it because i was like there's something different about this guy. Yeah, so which like, that kind of surprised me because I did ask, I think I asked you if he was Catholic and you're like, well, he's Methodist mm-hmm. or whatever, but he's like not super practicing. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But then, but like obviously he was a good guy. So right. it wasn't like he was I had just never talked to off the rails or something. Right. I had never talked to anybody the way I talked to him. So it was like, I knew that if God wanted him to come to the catholic church he would eventually (laughs) but like i was never gonna like force him to become catholic okay i didn't yeah i didn't force him to convert or anything but i was in biblical school at the time like when we first started dating right and he took like so much interest in my like homeworks and stuff like we would do the questions together oh that's cool and so he started reading the bible and then he started coming to mass with me Mm. and then one day i don't i think it was like maybe six months into dating he told me that 
he wanted to convert. Like we oh, watch a lot cool. of like the Ascension Presents videos, and okay. Father Mike Schmidt on there had this video. I don't remember exactly what it was about. Something about love. And, <laughs> and he's like, I love you. And, and I, I guess want to convert. spoke to my husband, and he was like, I'm going to want to convert to Catholicism. And I was like bawling. I was so happy. Oh, I was yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, great. Wait, so why were you in biblical school? Just to get more. I knowledge? just wanted to learn more about the Bible. Okay, that's cool. I want to do that too. Yeah. I want like a tuition free. It Bible wasn't tuition school. free, unfortunately, well, but it's not like super tuition. expensive. Yeah, well, every, all of these, like, uh, you know, actual Bible colleges or whatever. So I'm like, I'm not going to spend yeah, it's done with to go just to our local seminary. Yeah, maybe I'll just do that. It's good, it's good stuff, but it's yeah. the Catholic Bible. So That's that fine. No, hey, more to learn. <laughs> I can ask all my questions there. That's true. That is very yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. So he, so you were fine with him, and you just figured that God would would. Yeah, I was like you know what? When the to... time is right, yeah. If he wants, great. And it's, to me, it was like as long as he's accepting of my faith and like will yeah. talk to me about it and not make me change or anything right and he's good. not like it was like that mutual respect but you can get married in the catholic church if he's not catholic right so you can it's just a different ceremony so oh. instead of having like the eucharist and everything mm-hmm. uh, there would be no no eucharist oh if you're not very interesting catholic oh and then he just like if you're marrying a non-catholic they just have to like except to like the kids being raised catholic like if you have children oh they have okay to be raised catholic yeah to be okay with that that makes sense okay. um, but you can still get married in the catholic church it's just a different ceremony oh interesting because i did hear that you can have your kids baptized in the catholic church with only one yeah parent being catholic mm-hmm. right yeah so okay cool um okay so what was the process like for him like once he decided he wanted to convert like what was the process for him to convert? Yeah, so we started RCIA, which is the um, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. Hmm. So I think my mom, my mom had to do that. Yeah, because my mom was not was Catholic, not and they weren't married in the Catholic Church, uh, and then they got like remarried in the Catholic Church later. Oh yeah, or well, you can get like your marriage blessed. Yeah, like, and I was very confused because like my yeah. parents walked up to go get like remarried or something <laughs> yeah, i was like, like, like i thought they were married <laughs> and then later i was like oh they were they had to be catholic yeah. so that we could be baptized and everything or wait I, i'm confused but, but they, they got married after like i was like five okay yeah uh in the catholic church gotcha but interesting okay so, so rcia yes so we did rcia and that start that was like gosh how many months was it like seven or eight months long oh wow so yeah. was it like weekly or something? Yeah, so it was once a week. We'd go on Sundays. Um, we'd go to mass first together okay. as a group. And then afterwards, we'd have a two-hour class. And so um, pretty much we would just learn something about Catholicism every week, you know, for the cool. newbies, all the converts. <laughs> all the converts. <laughs> and so I was his sponsor. So that oh, was so cool. Because I learned a lot, too. Right. You told me about a lot that you yeah. learned there. Because, I mean, growing up, cradle Catholic, like, we don't know kind of sometimes right. why we believe certain things. We yeah. just know. We just do it. You just, you believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was cool. So I really enjoyed it, especially since we had um, two seminarians helping out. And they oh, were our cool. age. So Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and so that cool. was, like, we really connected with them. And so yeah. we loved when they would, like, give class. And then, um, yeah, it was a great group. So That's we really enjoyed cool. it. Yeah. So we would just go once a week and, and learn. For seven things. months. And then you. Seven months. Yeah. I think it was seven. Then seven did you get months. engaged at the end of that? When, no. When so we were, we were engaged. 
we got engaged during our CIA. Oh, but during. we knew like we were gonna right. get married from like day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean like, pretty... like Jason and I were like, okay, so two months in, we're like, so when are we getting married? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like a known fact. Yeah, that, that definitely we were makes getting sense. married. So so then you had like pre basically premarital counseling or yeah, and so then there's a whole other we did part. um well marriage prep. So like oh it's, okay marriage. So prep, pretty yeah. much he got um. So then, since because of COVID, so technically converts or like those that come into the Catholic Church Mm -hmm. are supposed to get baptized. Not well, if if they're receiving baptism, they get baptized at the Easter vigil, or they just receive their confirmation their confirmation at the Easter vigil. But because of COVID, we were not able to do anything at the Easter vigil, which was super sad. Yeah, but um, they were able to do their confirmation and come into the church on pentecost so at least it was still a good feast yeah yeah i was like are you kidding me this is supposed to be on the easter vigil like it's so beautiful (laughs) it's like a three hour long mass Ah. oh really it's like a special okay it's super long it's at night so it's like eight o'clock okay like midnight it's it's like gorgeous oh wow that'd be cool to be baptized in that yeah and so it was really disappointing but covid covid stupid (laughs) but at least they got to see the bishop before covid hit so like oh. there was one of the rites where it's like they're sent it's, it was like a month before they should have been become catholic the okay. Easter vigil they're sent to the bishop and it's just like a really pretty ceremony there oh okay the archbishop of the yeah Denver. and That's so cool. that was pretty cool very cool anyway, so, so how many months is that the, the marriage prep well, that was still RCIA. Sorry. Now, oh, RCIA. now I'll go okay. to marriage prep. Okay. Okay. You're good. <laughs> marriage prep. So they say to like give yourself like at least eight months before I heard you that. get married. But okay. it really didn't take that long. I think the only reason why they say that like at least eight months is because you have to do like at least five classes of NFP which oh. i'll go into but and so that can take like five months because if you have like one once a month oh then right that's why it would take five months yeah nfp is natural family planning for yes. people who don't know yes so you have to track five months of okay. is that what you do yeah. you have to track like so pretty each, much they do it with you kind of yeah here so i'll start okay yeah the whole yeah marriage prep process oh yeah go go through it <laughs> so it's like you start with um the focus inventory which is okay this test that you take and it's like questions oh. of like how much you agree with or disagree oh, with, kind like of how thing. much you've talked about. And yeah, exactly. How yeah. much you've talked about this topic. And so, pretty much, the purpose is to find where you have points of conversation that oh, need to be had. Okay. And so, then you meet with either like a, another married couple that's like trained in this, or but we were actually lucky to do it with um, the deacon that we were friends with who's now a priest he was a deacon at the time he was helping with rci is he the one that married you celebrated yeah yes yes yeah yes yeah Yeah. and so we did it with him so that was really nice okay um and he did say we we had one of the highest scores he's ever seen so shout out (laughs) shout out to cj and you and tom because you guys talk about everything in your many long (laughs) texts Yeah, so those were really good. We had like three meetings with him, so that okay. was fun. And then uh, you do. We would meet with our priest. Okay. 
um, who was going to marry us. And he just dropped like a whole bunch of wisdom on us for like two yeah. hours. He's we very just wise. Sit He's there. wise. Oh, we loved him. We wouldn't like say a word, but Father John would just like go to town <laughs> giving us all this wisdom. And I'm like, yes, give it to yes, me. Yes, say <laughs> So we did that. And then, yeah, NFP um, is natural family, natural family, family planning. Let's <laughs> go. Okay. Francesca tell me all about this. It's great. It's we great. We love NFP. So, yeah, you pretty much pick a, a method because there are, like, there's, like, three well-known ones. Like, the biggest ones, like, Creighton model, the Marquette model, and the Symptothermal are, like, the ones most commonly used and known. But there's a couple okay. other ones in there, too. Interesting. So, we did Creighton. Is that? What is that? <laughs> so, pretty much you go off of, uh, you track your cycle looking at cervical mucus. Okay. And that's how you track and the other, cycle. the other one, the symptom, whatever. Isn't that like body temperature? Yes, that one is body temperature. Okay. I've so you have to like take your that. temperature every day at like the same time. And so to me, that's why I didn't like that one. Risky. I'm like, that is ridiculous. Never going to do 8 a.m. every like day or whatever. in the morning too. So I'm like, I'm not going to wake up just to take my temperature every day. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you picked the right model. <laughs> oh yeah, we love Creighton. It's super easy and... I mean, it makes sense. So yeah, you you get with like a practitioner who's you know yeah trained. And that was in the this. coolest thing. Like then they can prescribe you like vitamins if yeah exactly needs to be adjusted because and... a lot of women like don't actually know what's going on like with their cycles. True, and it shows you a lot about like just your health in general. It's not just yeah. like oh, do we want to have a baby this month or not? It's like. Do I have, like, infertility? Am I likely to have a miscarriage? Am I good to go? You know, it's like, it shows yeah, you a lot. very true. I had no idea about any of that because I just assumed everything was, like, completely normal because these apps just, like, assume it for you, basically. Right. But it's it's good to actually track it yourself and, yeah. like, see. And then if anything needs to be adjusted, then you have a practitioner right there. So That's right. And I'm so like, I like that. It was great. like that part of, about it. Yeah. For sure. So you just meet with them and... We actually met with ours for a year because that was just like her. And you were engaged for a year. Yeah. Right? Did you start like right away? Well, we started like, what, six months, I think, before we got married. Okay. And so then it was nice, though, because then once we got married and we were able to then talk to her about, you know, right. like, when we're actually <laughs> yeah. having what? now. <laughs> What's so, actually happening? <laughs> so now we can talk about the rest. Yeah. Um, that makes total sense. And I we do weren't like... talking about the six months before. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I do like that. I like that it's like a continuous support sort of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. It was great. Like in Protestant churches, again, they're just like, ha- go have fun. Like, <laughs> go, go nuts. And then there's no like talk about it. And also our premarital stuff, there wasn't any. Mm-hmm. Like our church usually has like one workshop. And I think they do something similar to that focus sort of yeah. thing, like points of conversation or whatever. But then like the rest of it, they just leave to you figuring out. Like, it's yeah. one weekend. It's like a day and a half, and they don't, and whatever. And then we had COVID, and it got, right. and I don't even think they had planned it before COVID. <laughs> like, they say, like, we're going to have one in spring and one in fall or whatever. Right. And they hadn't planned the spring one. We got married in May, and it just never got planned. And so we're just like, well, we're just going to go in with no prep (laughs) we're just gonna talk a lot before and hope we get all the points doing well yeah yeah we're doing great but it's like it yeah i think it's valuable to have like some we really enjoyed all pre-talk you know prep and then kind of like as you're married like the first Mm -hmm. year have some sort of 
continuation of that. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, cool. Anything else about marriage? I, that was all the questions I had about marriage, but I think that was it. Okay, great. Marriage is great. It's isn't it so much better it's, than it's dating? A lot of fun. I love it so much more. Just like hanging out all the time. That's right. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, okay, so your work. You said you worked for a Catholic organization. Yeah. Um, so what is it generally that you do? And I guess did you originally want to work for a Catholic organization or did that just happen to come up when you were looking for a job? So I always wanted to work for something Catholic. Like out of school, I went, it's okay. So I do social media slash digital media slash marketing. So (laughs) whatever. And after, yeah, after college, I worked at a dentist office doing their social media for like two years. And I got a lot of good experience out of there, but I always wanted to work for the church, whether it be Mm -hmm. like, the archdiocese my local parish uh any catholic organization charity just something catholic yeah and so i was always applying to like catholic things whenever i would see like something social media e and catholicism i would apply okay um i got lots of no's but then i got a yes <laughs> and so i've been there now for over a year very a cool year and like three months and i love it it's great yeah, and actually at like your bridal shower, I didn't I thought it was just a family friend <laughs> and and cuz your whole family was super close to this woman and I was like, "Oh, it must be a family friend I don't know because I know all of Francesca's family basically." And I was like, "Oh, I've never met her." Turns out it's your boss. <laughs> yeah. So you have a great relationship with your boss, which yep. is awesome. She's great. Um yeah, she's like fantastic. <laughs> she's like dancing up a storm at your wedding. <laughs> I, I loved it. <laughs> I know she's so great. Um well, that's really cool. So, what's your favorite part about your job so i am really blessed to work for an organization that's like super involved with the church and everything and so i get to be part of um a pro-life a big pro-life aspect within our organization and that has been like a huge blessing to me because i feel like it's a huge passion of mine and it's become even a bigger passion of mine since i've took it i've started working with this at part of our company and i just i feel like i get to do like god's work with that and like yeah. glorify him because we're spreading like messages that people need to hear and a lot of people don't even know like what's going on right now in like the world oh, yeah. and in terms of abortion and like pro-life things so like to me it's like i'm getting this important information out to the masses that's true that is very true yeah because i i feel like i've um when I was really young, I was like super passionate about pro-life and I didn't really know anything about like life in general. <laughs> and then, and then you, I, I don't know, we didn't really ever talk about it much. And then all of a sudden when you started working for this Catholic organization, I was like, you became really passionate about pro-life and then it got mm-hmm. me refired up about being pro-life and now we're like, yeah, pro-life. pro-life. <laughs> so, so that's been um, really great. So you're super educated and involved, I would say, in the pro-life movement. So, um yeah so was that something you were passionate about like when you were younger or was that just i guess when when you started working here so kind of like you said i mean like when i was younger well to me like okay i've always been pro-life because to me it's just common sense like you don't yeah same that's how i was you don't kill an unborn baby right and but i didn't know like the full depth of it until recently until i started working here and so now like i see you know like the horrors of abortion and it's just like yeah. taken my passion to like 
10 levels yeah up. so you know because you like, got really educated about like how it's how abortions are done yeah and, like, the whole abortion industry basically yeah and like all the laws that um like, yeah. different states have and like okay it's just terrible. random fact there was one state i think it was like oh, shoot i'm getting the state wrong it's i think it's like ohio they have to give uh for any abortion over 20 weeks which is legal they have to give the baby uh painkillers or anesthesia before they give it an abort before they abort, they abort it. it oh my gosh so I it doesn't feel that. pain which tells you something about right, the that fact they that they feel, feel pain. a lot of pain exactly so how is this legal in every other state like i mean right. i mean i guess if that's right. gonna ha- happen then yeah it's better to have painkiller whatever but like that is messed up i mean science has proven that an unborn yes. baby can feel pain by 20 weeks of gestation gestation if not sooner yeah i think there's earlier studies even. that show sooner like by 20 weeks for sure and they have a heartbeat and their like nervous system is developing right. and by way earlier by way exactly so it's just so messed up but um anyway Okay, uh, what do you think is the most important thing for people to know about the pro-life movement and or the abortion industry in general? I mean, this could be a whole episode. <laughs> Maybe I'll, we'll have you back for another episode. <laughs> but, I mean, I just think right now a lot of people are, like, very unaware of, like, all the different abortion laws and legislation um, in the country. And I think it's, like, once you start reading about some of these terrible laws, it, like, really starts to put like a fire in you kind of is i mean if yeah. you're pro-life obviously but yeah, otherwise they're like did you see the thing in like argentina or something where they were like dancing in the streets because abortion just got legalized oh, yeah it's so sad it's but, yeah. like for them it's a celebration but like ugh. there's always that like even yeah. in poland they were like rioting when they said that you can't have an abortion if the baby has like an abnormality that they banned abortions in those ugh. cases and people are still out there rioting it's like you know, it's just terrible. Yeah. So it's like, I think people just should be aware and do your research about a lot of things. Because like right now, especially under this new administration, um, they're celebrating lot, it. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not pro-life. And no. a lot of these bills that are being passed, even though they have like nice names, they they don't have like nice things if you actually like read into it because like mainstream media is not going to tell you like oh the covid relief bill actually is funding also abortions and like yeah might not have like hide protections which like the vaccines have fetus aborted fetal cell lines yeah so it's like yeah like the um the covid relief bill so it's like the hide amendment is it prevents taxpayer money from going to funding abortions in the u.s okay but it's so it's like this has always been very supported by both sides right but now because they know half the country is not for abortion. right and so it's like by, but now they're like forget the hide protections like just fund abortion oh wow here I didn't and know that. internationally like the mexico city policy that biden yeah. rescinded that so it's like now Jeez. we're fun now our money is going to fund abortions internationally all over the world so it's like just these things just be aware and do your research Um, also everyone uh the thing that i get so riled up about is everyone brings up like rape and incest as an excuse mm -hmm. or as a something as to why you should be Mm pro-choice i guess but if you look at the numbers 
that's less than 2%, uh, you know, like whatever, let's table the debate on rape and incest, let's say. That's like less than 2% of abortions. 98% are because it's not convenient for you to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And so it's just out of convenience. Right. But when you have sex, you have the responsibility, like you're exactly. accepting the responsibility to have a kid right. if it results in that. Mm-hmm. So that's just frustrating. Everyone brings up rape and incest as like the yeah. main things. And it's like such a small percentage. Like even if we can reach some sort of compromise there, which I don't even, I'm not even really for, I guess, but. Right. But it's or just like, a convenience. Like mm-hmm. there's no personal responsibility anymore. Like the yeah, exactly. immediate access to abortion is like, you can just do whatever you want with no consequences at all. Right. And like Planned Parenthood. That's oh, oh, we're a healthcare provider. No, you're not. You're an abortion provider. Right. That's where they make all their revenue. Exactly. All like ninety five percent of their pregnancy or of like their sorry, between twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, abortions made up ninety five percent of their pregnancy resolution services. Yes. And did you see that um those like undercover not they weren't even undercover. It was like they weren't even hiding anything people called Planned Parenthood, like pro-life people, and said, like, do you have, I, I'm trying to put my kid up for abor- uh, abortion, for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, oh, we don't do that here. We only do oh, abortions. Yeah. Did you see those yes. videos? Yes. That was insane. Like, they don't even hide it. Right. Like, they're, well, yeah, their president, they used to, like, try and hide that they were abortion providers yeah. and be like, oh, no, we're healthcare. We're, like, helping women. Right. Now their their president even says they're a proud abortion provider. Yes. She's like, well, who cares? You know? It's like, well, it's And fine. people will dance in the streets because of that, and they'll yeah. be all excited. But And then they're like, well, abortion is only 3% of what they do. But yeah. they count every single service equally. Right. So, like, they hand out 50 condoms a day, and then they abort some, like, a human being. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's uh, 3%. It's like, well, yeah, because handing out a condom takes one second. Right. And you can do it to everyone. Right. And abortion takes multiple hours, and you're still providing abortion as your main source of revenue. So it's very frustrating. Also, you should look up the roots of Planned Parenthood, everyone, because she was definitely racist. Oh, yeah, Margaret Sanger. <laughs> and tried to plant them in all of the... Yep minority neighborhoods anyway it's a messed up history but yeah um okay so what are your be- what are the best resources because you are so educated about abortion um what are the best resources i guess to point people to to get educated about pro-life and and the industry so definitely ewtn pro-life weekly because the whole show is just dedicated to pro-life issues so it's oh like, that's cool oh yeah it's once a week it's a 30-minute show, but, like, they always have state, like, representatives or... Oh, wow. Like, well-known politicians that are pro-life <laughs> go in and talk. Um, I mean, they just have... They are, like, the number one, I would say, pro-life resource. Very cool. And then, I would also say, like, live action, um, Susan B. Anthony list. Oh, yes. I have heard of live action i think yeah with lila rose oh yeah okay yeah most people um yeah her and then uh, like abby johnson oh yeah abby johnson <laughs> your name my, my name yeah <laughs> yeah now i've changed to rancor but my namesake was abby johnson <laughs> read her book highly recommend her book <laughs> very good um her story was crazy yeah well was, have you watched the movie unplanned no you should watch it. It's oh, about Abby Johnson and how she left the oh, abortion industry. It's it's super sad. A lot of people are leaving. But it's really I've good. I've heard. She's like kind of like gathering all these people that have left that were like clinic directors yeah, that's her or thing now. abortion. Yeah. yeah. So that takes some guts. 
That was crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, read her book. Uh, any other resources? <laughs> I would say those are like my best. Students ones. for Life, you Students said. I life, cut you yeah. off. There's a lot, but. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. There's a lot of Google, good ones. Google, I mean, go to Planned Parenthood's website. It's really disturbing, honestly. <laughs> like, I looked up their adoption page, and it pushed abortion, like, four times. Yeah, of course. It was like, hey, have you thought of other options? Maybe abortion? Like, come into Planned Parenthood for abortion. And it's like, Gosh. okay. Also, this is not on the thing. But a lot of states have been starting to push the legislation. I don't know if you've heard of this, where they, like, have it in their state constitution where if Roe v. Wade ever got overturned, mm-hmm. it's automatically illegal. So many more states are doing that. Yeah. Which is very encouraging, actually. I know. It's good. Like, there's a lot of encouraging news, which I'm glad. There has because been. Yeah, I more than pro I thought. Life, yeah, because I think all pro-lifers were pretty worried once, like, Biden came in. Yeah. And then we lost the Senate majority. And well, it like, and it's also. everything went down. Yeah. It's also discouraging we for us. In particular, because we live in Colorado, which is like one of the seven states where you can have an abortion up to the day of Yeah, we have no restrictions on abortion here in Colorado. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Um, But there's a lot of states taking action. There's a lot of senators coming out and speaking out against it. Yeah. I mean, who was it? I think it was Senator, was it Lankford that gave like an incredible, like he put, he brought out like on the House floor, Senate floor, one of the floors, like the, the <laughs> this, this poster of like a baby in the womb, and he gave like this twenty minute speech that was like mind blowing, good for amazing, him. good for him. Yeah, it's been good, especially because I feel like the left um, has been like pushing this like unsolicited, like no hold, no what's it called, no holds barred. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's like no, they want no restriction. There's oh, just like, yeah. any win for abortion is a win. Yeah. And now I feel like some reasonable ones at least are coming up where it's like, hey, let's not abort a baby if they like are viable outside the womb at the very least. Right. Like now it's like, I feel like getting to some sort of compromise most of the time, mm-hmm. other than Colorado, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, there's been way more encouraging news than I actually yeah. was aware of Thank and God. that I thought. So. EWTN, is that right? Yep, Pro-Life yeah. Weekly. <laughs> yeah, Pro-Life Weekly. It's a good one. Go there, Students for Life, all the good ones. Um, okay, you have a blog. Tell the people about your blog. <laughs> Why did you start the blog? What did, what do you talk about on there? Yeah, um, so it's a faith-based, faith-based blog. It's called Thoughts of a Catholic Girl. Thoughts of a Catholic Girl. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. And do it. Thoughtsofacatholicgirl.com is the blog. Great. Um, you don't have to be Catholic, though, to follow. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I get a ton of encouragement from your Instagram and blog without technically Yeah, being I mean, because I talk Catholic. a lot about just, like, God's love and goodness and, like... It's, like, general Christian gen- faith, Yeah, exactly. Too. General not, faith stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll post, like, a saint thing here right. or there, but, hey, the saints but are even also if you're inspiring not to anyone. Catholic, strictly Catholic or whatever, you learn a lot. I mean... yeah. It's good. It's very encouraging. So it's really just like trying to inspire people to grow closer to him. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Well, that was all the questions I had. Francesca, where can people follow you on social media? We kind of already touched on it. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Thoughts of a Catholic Girl. Great. And my blog is (laughs) ThoughtsofacatholicGirl.com. Awesome. Twitter? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not on Twitter. Twitter sucks. I I got a Twitter for like... I like Twitter still. Really? Yeah. I got Twitter for like... A few days, <laughs> and I wanted to really get active on it, and it was just too much. <laughs> I used to, I used to be a Twitter fanatic, but I'm not anymore. Wow, 
Interesting. Back in yeah. my fangirl days. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we were just talking about how we fangirled over One Direction. Thought that we were going to get married to the band members. We saw a great TikTok about it. Um, yeah, yeah. TikTok or uh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is an interesting place. But yeah, so everyone go follow Francesca at Thoughts of a Catholic Girl on Instagram and follow her blog. Subscribe. Very encouraging stuff. And thanks for being here, Francesca. Thanks, thanks for, for uh, having me. Yeah, we'll have you back for more uh, in-depth Catholic question episodes. We'll come with our research and Yay, have a good stuff. old debate. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks. See you, everyone. See you next week. Bye. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. I hope you liked it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening from. And I would really appreciate if you would go rate and review this podcast on the Apple Store. That is going to be how we continue to grow our Millennial Learns family and community. So come back every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time for a new episode. And DM me any questions on Instagram. It's at a Millennial Learns. Go check me out. Follow me. DM me questions you have about this episode or any future topics you would like to see me dive into. Have an amazing week, everyone, and I will see you Monday.